Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Hello, Darren Mitchell here, and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Trust, wherever you are in the world, you've had a phenomenal start to that working week. Just before we jump into today's episode, a couple of quick reminders, if I may. Uh, I say this quite often, but if you could do me a massive favor and subscribe to the show, or at least follow the show, particularly if you're on the Apple platform, that will uh, enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be listened to and digested. And uh, even more importantly, if you can please rate the show and even uh, put a comment in in terms of what you like about the show or in fact what you don't like about the show, that will be greatly appreciated as well. So if uh, if you're able to do that, at least the rating, one, two, three, four, or hopefully five. If you love the show, great. If you don't like the show, great. If you can give me a rating, that will be just awesome because it will enable other people who are just like you more easily and more readily find the podcast on the various podcast platforms have no idea how the algorithms work, but apparently when there are ratings on a various podcast, uh, it makes it a lot easier for the podcast to be found in the various search engines. So if you can do those two things for me, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk about beliefs and ask the question, are your beliefs true? Now, I've just come off the back of a great little workshop that I've just run for an organization here in Australia. And we're talking about culture, we're talking about uh, problem solving, creativity, decision making, and having a growth mindset and how important the beliefs that we have are so important in terms of what we actually do, what we end up achieving, and certainly the culture that we form within any organization, let alone a high-performing organization. So beliefs are really, really super powerful. They fuel people. They fuel organizations. And if you really think about it, they also fuel countries. If you think about uh, history and the amount of wars that have happened over history, a lot of it has come down to beliefs and the fact that you've got opposing sides that believe certain things to be true. And they don't necessarily have the I guess the, let's just say right now, the emotional intelligence to take on or at least consider the beliefs of the other side. So they dig their heels in and they believe what they believe to be true. And therefore, there's a lot of conflict that ends up happening within the world. So the question I wanted to ask the, the team today was, are beliefs actually true? Are your beliefs true? Are they real? And are they serving you or are they hindering you? Now, I've done a lot of work on this particularly through my coaching journey and done a lot of work with mentors and so forth as well. And and one of the things I have learned is beliefs are very, very powerful and they certainly can drive us to do certain things in certain situations and to resist certain things in certain situations as well. So beliefs are something that we need to be more consciously aware of. But the other thing I've come to realize is beliefs can actually change. And one of the key messages out of today was how do we actually start to cultivate a more curious mindset so that we're more apt or more aware of the beliefs that we have, first of all, but also, secondly, that we can start to challenge some of those beliefs, but really ask the hard questions as to whether these beliefs are really true and whether, in fact, these beliefs that we're holding so near and dear to us uh, are actually helping us or actually are they hindering us? Are they hindering also the people that are around us? And so that we, we delved into a lot of this. We talked about culture. We talked about how important a highly functioning culture is to our ability to deliver not just big results, but also sustainably big results. And a lot of that has to do with attracting the right people 
who have at the point in time the right levels of belief. And when you match those those things, then magic can actually happen. But we've also got to be consciously aware and constantly aware of are our beliefs continuing to serve us well or are they becoming a bit of a disservice to us? The other thing we talked about as well was the work that Carol Dweck has done in relation to research around mindset and that essentially there are two types of people when it comes to mindset. There are people who have a fixed mindset and people who have a growth mindset. Now, typically when it comes to taking action, solving problems, being creative, people who are of a growth mindset tend to find it easier to come up with ideas. They tend to overcome obstacles and a little bit easier than people with a fixed mindset. And the people with a fixed mindset tend to, tend to be quite deterministic when it comes to the world. They see the world typically as glass half full. And they're the kind of people that often say, oh, why do we have to do things in a different way? This has served us well. We've always done this in the past. Why do we have to change? And they, they can be quite risk averse as a generalization and also quite averse to not wanting to, well, averse to change, not wanting to change, not wanting to rock the boat. They like to maintain a level of status quo. And so behind that mindset, there's going to be a certain level of belief that people have in relation to uh, their experiences and what they make those experiences mean that leads to the beliefs that they have and therefore the mindset they carry moving forward. And many of the many of the guys in the workshop were saying how uh, frustrating it is to have to deal with people within not just their own organization, but certainly within the customer base they deal with who come from a position of a fixed mindset. And they have some very rigid and stoic type beliefs that uh, is very, very difficult to change. And one of the things that come out of the research, and there's been a lot of a lot of research around this, is that despite being a person with a fixed mindset, it is possible to grow into a growth mindset and have a glass half full type approach. So we can learn to be optimistic. And a key element of that is having the ability and also the willingness to start challenging our beliefs or to dispute our beliefs. Because when it's all said and done, really... The beliefs are not true. The beliefs are the stories that we tell ourselves and based on also the stories that others tell us that end up forming the beliefs that we therefore have. And in a lot of cases, we have this fixation that they, these beliefs that we have must be true and therefore very, very difficult uh, to change. But it's actually quite possible to change. We just have to have and build the muscle around disputing and challenging these particular beliefs. And I talk about this a lot, the fact that there's a lot of stuff that happened in the world and happened in your environment that you have absolutely no control over. But certainly from a leadership point of view, one of the key responsibilities of a leader is to first of all define reality, but second of all is to take responsibility for 100% of the things that happen, irrespective of whether we're at fault or not. Because doing this gives us the level of power to be able to choose the responses to every single situation. Now, in doing that, what we can actually do as a byproduct is we can start to challenge our own beliefs because we're now more consciously in control over the, over the choices we're making and therefore the actions that we take. Part of that is to actually start disputing the beliefs that we might be holding on to, which actually leads to that course of action that we therefore take. And so one of the things we talked about today was how do we actually challenge these beliefs? When something happens, what do we do in response to what happens to it? Well, the first thing to do is actually talk about what is the actual event itself. So it's not about questioning whether this event is right, whether it's actually real. It's the fact that the facts are the facts. This event has happened. The second thing to do is to think about, well, what is the what is the belief that I have around that particular event? What am I making this mean? And this is the key point. We need to start questioning these beliefs that are formed based on our interpretation of the event that's just happened. And there are four ways to do this. One is to actually uh, think about, well, what is the evidence here? What's the evidence and what are the facts 
that are supporting the belief that I've formed based on what's just happened. If there's no evidence, then I've got to start questioning, well, is this, is this belief real? The second thing to think about is what alternatives are there? What could be potential alternative explanations for the event that's just happened? And am I making this something out to be something that it's not, right? So are there alternatives? And the very fact that you're looking for alternatives presupposes that you're actually willing to challenge your belief. So it may well be through asking this question in terms of what alternative explanations could there be for this happening may well adjust the belief that I have about the event in the first place. Now, the third one is implications. So if, for example, the belief is actually correct, and let's just assume for a second that your belief about this event is actually correct, are the implications that follow that correct as well? Because if the implications are not, then maybe there's a position where we can start challenging the actual uh, belief itself. And the fourth one in relation to disputing the belief is really thinking about the level of usefulness. So how useful is it for me or for my team to hold on to this belief? And is this going to be serving us or is it going to be hindering us as we move forward? And certainly as leaders, this is something we should be doing more and more and setting the example for our team and really continuing to question our own beliefs because if we've got a growth mindset, then chances are our beliefs are going to change over time because we're going to be seeing new perspectives, new things, new ideas, and certainly new frontiers that will develop into new approaches to doing things, and therefore there'll be new beliefs that are formed based on all of that. And so from a leadership point of view, one of the biggest things we can do and one of the biggest muscles we can build around leadership is a level of curiosity and being able to bring a level of curiosity into the equation and to constantly challenge ourselves, but also to challenge our team. Being open constantly to new ways of thinking and new ways to approach situations and new ways to approach certainly problems and issues that come up and always being prepared to challenge our beliefs and challenge our own assumptions that we might be making around these particular beliefs. And so from a curiosity point of view, I shared with the team, and I've shared this a lot on the, on the podcast as well, is that as a leader, if I can spend more time uh, seeking to understand what's going on in front of me, seeking to understand people's perspectives, seeking to understand people's uh, background in terms of their beliefs and why they actually chose to do what they did in the situation that I now find myself in, then I'm going to be a much, in a much better position, therefore, to be able to cater for and deal with the problem that's in front of me and the conversation that's in front of me, rather than me being of a fixed mindset, of a fixed belief, and just waiting for somebody to finish talking so that I can actually come on over the top and prove that I'm right and they're wrong. It doesn't work in the real world, and it certainly doesn't work in leadership. So curiosity is king. Now, when it comes to solving problems and looking at this and, and really starting to challenge your beliefs, but really bringing curiosity to the table, there's a, a wonderful model that I've used a number of times in workshops, and I wanted to just give an overview of this. And I think I might have talked about this in a podcast a few months ago, but it's worth repeating as well because it's such a powerful model that uh, we're, we're always making assumptions. And whatever happens in front of us, we often react to what happens versus choosing to respond to what happens to us based on facts. So in 1992, a psychologist by the name of Chris Agrius proposed what's called the ladder of inference. And it's a model that explains how the data we observe can ultimately lead to incorrect beliefs that we have and can therefore shape and not only our actions, but also our future thinking. And the lesson here is, for certainly for critical thinkers and growth mindsets, is that we need to challenge always the basis of our beliefs so that the actions we take as a result of these beliefs are going to be based on well-reasoned and not faulty thinking. And this is why the topic of today's podcast is, are your beliefs true? Because we've got to be making some assumptions and we've got to be really analyzing this from a factual perspective. 
and thinking about, okay, these assumptions that I am making, are they based in fact? And it's, this model is phenomenal and it, works, it plays out hundreds if not thousands of times every single day. And the way it works is like this. Consider a ladder in front of you and the ladder has a number of rungs, obviously starting from the bottom to the top. So we climb a ladder and so it is with the beliefs that we have, the assumptions we make and so forth and the actions that we therefore take. So the ladder of inference works like this. Just think for argument's sake, you're sitting in a pitch. You're in a meeting with a prospective customer and you are providing the, the final proposal, the final pitch to hopefully close the deal and win the business. So it starts with the, the first rung, which is what's known as the observable data or the experiences. So just think about this. This is actually what's going on. This is the factual stuff. So just imagine that a video camera was capturing what was actually happening within the room right now. So this is the this is the actual event that's taking place. The presentation is taking place. There's no assumptions that are being made, there's no inferences inferences that are being made. There's no perceptions that are being created. It's simply looking at the fact. There is a presentation going on. Now the next thing is from that uh, experience, from that observation of us presenting to a prospective customer, we will select data from what we observe. So just imagine for a second, you've got two people who are sitting in the customer's shoes and both of them are sitting there with their arms crossed and one of them has closed their eyes during the presentation. So we are now selecting, based on the presentation that's happening, we are selecting certain bits of data from that particular presentation or from the observation that we're making. What's really interesting, it then builds on to the next rung of the ladder where we will add a meaning to that which could be based on personal biases, it could be based on cultural backgrounds, and so forth, and therefore we're making this mean something. Now remember, nothing ever has meaning until we actually allocate meaning to it. So if you're delivering this presentation and you've got two people sitting there with their arms crossed and one of them with their eyes closed, what could you be making that mean to you? Now the interesting thing is, if you make it, whatever you make it mean, is what you make it mean because as we've already said, that is what you are placed, you place the meaning to it based on what you observed. Now from that, you're, you're then gonna be making some assumptions based on the meaning that you've just created. So this is the next rung on the ladder. So the, one of the assumptions may well be that the people that have got their arms crossed and one of them with their eyes closed, the assumption that may be, well, they're not interested or they don't want to listen to the proposal. Maybe, just maybe, they've got another provider who is their preferred supplier. And so all of a sudden we make some assumptions simply based on some observable data that we've actually grabbed and we've made that mean something. So we make an assumption that these guys simply don't want to listen. From that, we go to the next rung of the ladder where we start to draw some conclusions from the assumptions that we've just made. Now, it may well be that the conclusion we draw, certainly for these two people, is there is absolutely no interest that these people have, and they're probably sitting there thinking, this is a complete waste of time. When is it going to be lunchtime? When can I go out and have a coffee? When can I, when can I finish this dreary presentation? So we are, all of this is happening in our head, by the way, and so we're going to be drawing conclusions from what we observe and based on the assumptions that we've just made. The interesting thing is what happens next, and that is based on the conclusions that we've now uh, drawn, we will now create or adopt some new beliefs or some different beliefs about the world that we now are observing. And that could well be the belief we have is that these two people have no consideration for other people and these two people don't care about doing the right thing by their organization. 
So we will now form this belief. Whether that belief is true or not, it is the belief that we have formed based on the conclusion we've drawn, based on the assumptions we've made, based on the meaning we made, them sitting there with their arms crossed and their, and their eyes closed, based on what we observed in the presentation. Once we've assumed that belief, once we've fixed that belief into our brain, we then take some actions as a result of that belief. And it may well be that in our mind or even after the presentation, we say to each other, you know what, we are not going to be talking and engaging with those two people because they're disrespectful and they simply don't want to do business with us anymore. So we'll take some actions based on the beliefs that we've just formed. And this is what's called the reflexive loop because our beliefs will therefore affect the data we then select next time when we have another interaction with these people. So just imagine two weeks go by and we're re-engaged in the same forum. We've got the same people. And all of a sudden, our belief about these people that we're not interested, we now start looking for information and evidence to support the belief we've actually just created based on their previous, <laughs> the previous impression they've created. And therefore, we could be leading ourselves down the garden path and not necessarily get the right outcome. Why? Because the beliefs we've drawn are not necessarily true. Now, here's the thing. The ladder of inference is happening thousands and thousands of times per day. Just imagine the number of interactions you're having with people every single day. The ladder of inference is happening all the time. Now, just imagine if we started to challenge a lot of the assumptions and challenge the conclusions and certainly challenge the beliefs that we have. And this is why we need to ask the question, is our beliefs or are our beliefs true? And certainly why curiosity is such an important element, certainly when it comes to leadership, but certainly in sales as well. So what could actually uh, crossing your arms and closing your eyes really mean? Now, we've meant it means something, but it could mean a whole host of other things. So instead of actually going down the garden path of forming beliefs based on meanings and assumptions we've made, what if we actually started to engage with that individual and ask them the question and just verified, I think this might mean they're not engaged, but what sort of question could I ask them that might lead to a different outcome and therefore lead to a different meaning. Now, once I've done that, then I'm, guess what? There'll be some more assumptions and maybe different assumptions we're going to make and therefore might have some different beliefs that I therefore form, which may actually end up being some more positive beliefs that might end up creating a better solution. So the key message today is just be aware of the beliefs that you form. Ask yourself the question, is this belief true? Is it founded in fact? And is it helping me or is it hindering me? And if it's not helping me, and need to start doing something different so I can create some beliefs that will help me and certainly help my team, but also help the people that are in front of me as well. And this is really about all about awareness, about emotional intelligence, being aware of self, being aware of the social interactions you're having, being aware of the environment that you're in, and just being prepared to question the assumptions that I might be making or having conversations with yourself and being prepared to challenge the beliefs that may well be formed, but asking the question, are these beliefs formed based on fact or is there something else that might be uh, adding a level of bias to form the belief and whether that belief is going to be helping or hindering. So hope that hope that helps. It certainly helped the team today and it's something that I'm more and more conscious of in every single conversation that I have and certainly every workshop that I have. And it's certainly something that as a leader, we need to get better and better at every single day. So if you'd like some help with this, if you'd like some help with your beliefs, uh, if you'd like an accountability buddy to start helping you challenge your beliefs and really get you a different perspective and, and help you supercharge your performance, for yourself as a sales leader, but also in the process, help your team supercharge their performance as well, then I'd love to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, simply do this, go to my calendar at Lead with Darren. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know the drill. Leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation, and we can get started to work together as early as this week, one-on-one, -on -one, 
and help you get well on your way to becoming that exceptional sales leader in the next 90 days. So I look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on yet another episode, brand new episode tomorrow of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.